Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 155. On this episode, we have a good friend of ours um, back, returning again for the third time uh, to the podcast, Mr. Ram Rodriguez from LRT to Cigars. Hope you guys enjoy this very much. This was done over Zoom, so this video will be available on YouTube, so you can actually see Ram. You can see us participating. I apologize if you hear any sort of lawnmowers in the background in the audio. We were recording this on my patio, um, so there may be a few audio disruptions, um, but we hope you enjoy it nonetheless. All right, let's get into it. I am struggling a bit. I've been feeling really overwhelmed when I walk into the humidor. There's just too many cigars to choose from, and I never know what to pick. I'll get the hot flesh in my IBS begins to act up from all the pressure of it. It'd be really nice if someone could just choose for me. Well, have you ever heard of my cigar pack? What in the dickens is my cigar pack? Well, I'll tell you. My Cigar Pack is a premium cigar club designed to cater unique packs to your door through an innovative platform that takes all the guesswork out of choosing those perfect cigars. Right you are, Corey. They send you five individual premium cigars, a reusable pouch with a Beveda pack, and an add-on item that complements your experience. You can choose from three different options, a mild medium pack, medium pack, or a medium full pack, and My Cigar Pack works hand-in-hand with real cigar experts and manufacturers to design each monthly combination. Yeah, and you can choose between their monthly subscription pack for $39.99 or a one-time purchase for $49.99, and shipping is always complimentary. Visit MyCigarPack.com today to sign up now. New customers will receive $10 off their first order. That's up to a 25% savings off your first pack. Type in promo code HOT10 at checkout to receive your $10 off. Again, visit MyCigarPack.com and enter promo code HOT10 at checkout to receive $10 off your first purchase. Get it, dongers. I love it. Hey, are you 30 years old yet? Where are we at? at? No, not yet. I'm getting there, though. Are you shitting me? I'm 29. I feel old. God damn. One of these days, I just assume you're going to catch up, but you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ram. Okay, so remember, let's let's rewind. Let's go back to December 2017. We came down to the Dominican. I'm going to close my eyes because I want to relive the moment. (laughs) You you challenged us to make our own cigar. And for two and a half years, from the ones that I had made, I have not smoked any of them. Not yet. But today, my friend, today is the day. We're smoking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Today is the day. Now, and, and I want to preface, I want to throw out a disclaimer to anybody who's listening and watching. You challenged us to do essentially all of this. The only thing we didn't do was pick the actual tobacco leaves, but the selection of the blend process and actually rolling the cigars was all on us. And I will have to say, as a disclaimer to everybody who's listening and watching, I was definitively the worst roller out of everybody. <laughs> this is not... This is not a product of Ram's rollers in his factory. This is a product of me being absolutely horrific at this process. So if it looks like it's burning wonky, actually, I just kind of did a, uh, just a cold draw on it, and it, it feels like it's going to smoke well. But anything outside of that, disclaimer, it's 100% on me and not on the LRTista factory. Yeah. Thank you for that disclaimer. <laughs> so, so, can you put it closer to the to the to the screen so I can see it? Yeah. Let's see. Hey, they're not that bad. 
Well, you also, so I already clipped the cap off, so you, you missed you missed arguably the most horrific piece of this, Corey, and that is my, my cap placement. Like, this one had some like flabby skin on it from like, you know, like old people arms. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're not, uh, Zoom, I feel like the Zoom cameras give me a little bit more credit than what I deserve because it doesn't necessarily show um, how terrible I was at this process. So. Yeah. <laughs> So how is um how's everything been, my friend? How's so we haven't even we haven't really talked. I've been back and forth with Kevin, but I know you're busy as shit. Um, quarantine and everything, and the Dominican. The the difference being is like a lot of the guys um, and gals that we've talked to in the industry as of recent don't necessarily have the same troubles and issues you have, and that's the fact that you run an entire operation, you run a factory. So what has that been like? Did you guys have to shut down? Did you have to slow down? Did you have to limit? Did you have to put up barriers? So yes, first, like as as in any other country, nobody had had any idea of, of what was going to happen or anything like that. This was extremely fast. Um, the first week, uh, like like we knew we had the virus on the island and everything, but it was like like honestly, I was taking it more like a joke more than anything else. I actually uh, left the, the island. I went to, to Chicago and then to Miami. When I was on, in Miami, I get this call from my dad. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I'm working. Why? <laughs> Why you're not here? What do you mean? Are you not checking the news? So the country was going to shut down next day. Like oh, they're gonna, they were going to close the border. I was like, oh shit. So I had to pack my things and leave the same day back to, to the island. Uh, when I get here, uh, I have no, I'm still honestly not taking anything as serious as, as I should, I guess. I don't know. And I was just going around all over the place. My wife uh, decided to sleep out of the house. And I was like, why? Oh, you have to be in quarantine. I was like, oh, fuck no. I'm not going to be self-quarantined <laughs> by myself. Uh, everybody was kind of far from me like oh like, like if I had some very bad disease because I traveled uh, after that I took things a little bit more serious and uh, when we start checking on, on the news what was going on and uh, all the new regulations that the government implement we declare in a state of emergency uh, any like the free trade zones they were not uh, forced to shut down but we decided to uh, to shut down anyways. Uh, one of the main reasons is because uh, uh, we have a lot of very old people working here. Uh, we right. since we are an old factory, and our our turnover is very 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 low. Uh, so uh, we thought that the, the safest thing to do was to close, and uh, in that moment was the right decision. And a lot of other factories did the same as well. We opened the company again. Uh, I think it was like two weeks before uh, the main stage of, of, the, of the quarantine and the shutdown and all that in the, on the country uh, because we have a lot of orders that we need to deliver. Right. But because we were not 100% ready, we only uh, brought back around 20 people in total out of the 750 that, that, that we have oh, working. No. Yeah, just, you know, to take care of, of, of a couple of things. Uh, and, yeah, after that, we've been increasing and increasing. And 
Uh, we have now like a new standard in, in, in all the facilities, uh, making sure everybody is, is safe, everybody's wearing their, their mask. Yeah. And, and, and all that, we have a, every desk has hand sanitizer. At the entrance, there's like a little thing that sprinkles sanitizer in all, all of your body. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's Damn. hilarious. Yeah, um, right now we are working. We have a, around seventy-five percent of our personnel working. That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah, but it's been crazy because we have a lot of demand. You know, it's summertime. Everybody needs to have their cigars. Uh, all, all the the our uh, tobacco customers are waiting for their tobacco as well. We are receiving a lot of tobacco from, uh, from the farms as well. So, yeah, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, all the ones that we left behind and the new ones uh, to take care of. So, and it's been a little bit crazy. But we, we're getting there. Are you going to have to add additional staff just to keep up with the demand as you kind of ramp back up? Like, like maybe even like part-timers or... Like- yeah, so... So right now, uh, our biggest cuello de botella, like we have the slowest process is in packaging. And over there, uh, this week, we decide to, to add a, a couple of extra hours every day. And we are, having, are considering increasing the amount of, of, of staff on that department in particular uh, because we have a lot of cigars we need to ship. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. I feel like if you wanted to get over COVID, maybe you just go down to like the fermentation cellar or something. Just breathe in some heavy ammonia, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. That'll definitely. Do it. And it's funny, but that little sprinkler we have in every door now is actually ammonia. So, so why don't we just put a shit ton of tobacco all over the place? Right. That's, <laughs> right. <Yeah>. that's <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> So, so how have you how have you been personally? How's everything been in terms of? I mean, minus coronavirus, you're a couple years older than I remember, which is fantastic. You're younger than your girl, though, right? Yes, I am. I am. Two I remember months. that we had that conversation because yeah. mine's older than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we are expecting a baby. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> The first one, uh, she's due by the end of next month. Oh, dang! Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a funny quarantine with a pregnant lady in in, in the house. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I like how you use the word funny. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the trepidation though, because there's a lot of things around pregnant women and their susceptibility to COVID nineteen and. Like I can, I can imagine she was pro- probably a little worried about getting it into the household. I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, and and that was the reason. Honestly, if it was for me, I would be in the street trying to get the COVID and just get it done. <laughs> just to get it done. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. We were talking about that the other day, where I said, "Listen, if the chances are because some epidemiologists have said." was like 80% of the world's going to likely contract it eventually. I'm like, let's just get it out of the way then. Like, I'd rather just have it now. Let's get it out of the way. Government issued t-shirt that says, I survived Corona. I'm safe yeah. in public. And then <laughs> go about our merry way. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm tired of washing my hands all the time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, it's crazy how dry, like usually I'm, I'm always good about hygiene and cleanliness. 
but just through this last three months, you know, especially with hand sanitizer, which I think is a little bit more harsh for the hands uh, because it really dries everything out. Oh, my hands have been impossibly dry. Just, it's been I'm like, oh, yeah. like I have like gross hobbit hands or something. Yeah. <laughs> wrinkly and ugh. So you've got, you're, you're battling coronavirus still battling that. Um, PCA obviously canceled for this year. I don't know if they ever announced anything in terms of doing like a virtual platform. Um, I mean, I know they're still pretty active during this time. Um, I'm always excited for any sort of anticipated releases. Do you have anything coming up this year that you're excited about, um, either in the U S market or elsewhere? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, this year we had in, in mind, uh, actually a couple of of, of releases, but uh, because of all the delays due to the virus, uh, we decided to shrink down uh, the options we were going to bring out, bring out. For this year, uh, we're going to introduce a new ex- a line extension for the Buffalo 10 line. Ooh. Yes. And uh, we are also working with rebranding the Puro Ambar line as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming with a very similar presentation, but a little bit renewed uh a nicer design and we also played a little a little bit with the blend uh we keep the kind of the original essence but we decide to modernize a little bit of the blend as well and the sizes too uh instead of having then like like a shorter version of a robusto and a shorter version of of a double toro uh we're straightforward we're gonna have a, a corona um a Robusto and a Toro. Beautiful. Like you just nailed the three Vitolas that I actually smoked. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And uh, one of the main reasons we did some changes on the rebranding is uh, mainly FDA. Uh, we didn't want to have uh, a lot of different uh, packaging. Uh, we want to keep everything kind of the same, more or less. And with that, I mean, uh, like, most all of our boxes, but Puro Ambar and Pulita are 20 count boxes. Puro Ambar was a 21, so now it's gonna be 20 count as well. Uh, Pulita, we're just gonna keep it like that. Is that uh, we love that presentation so much that we're just gonna leave it like that, right? But with this one, we decide to remove that, that extra cigar there uh, in order to, to have it very similar to our uh, with all of our other products. Nice, very cool. Awesome. So I, I want to, the first time, admittedly, Kevin sent us some samples of the Buffalo 10. So one of the things that I was intrigued by that in terms of that cigar when it first initially released was, of course, the price point. Because I think there's something in that, let's call it value type line, value type cigar, where I think when they hit the mark and there's i think there's a a short list of cigars that do in a similar price range that really hit the mark in terms of exceeded value um the buffalo 10 was one of those cigars for me when i first tried it i was like how one how is this only like five dollars because it smokes i love five dollar cigars that smoke like ten dollar cigars i taste the ten dollar cigars i think that's incredible so so my my very first question and i asked I asked Kevin of this, and he said to ask you this question, was, I said, why, why not sell these for more? Why not sell them for $8, $9, $10? So uh, when we came with, the, with this product, uh, we were looking for something in, 
in a particular price point. We usually, when we are blending, we don't focus that much on price, but in quality. But uh, this one in particular, we were looking for something uh, that the customer can can enjoy, um, kind of like a like a, the entry to to El Artista, let's say. Right. Uh, so we want to make sure the to have like a very good price and focus just in order to to be able to have such a good price point focus only on having a very good cigar and forget about everything else uh we have a like very simple presentation very simple band very simple packaging as well uh just a very good cigar with a great value to be honest with you when uh, we had the the product ready and uh, I always uh, uh, go to my father to get his blessing on, on every, every project. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spend like after probably 30 minutes talking and smoking the cigar. He's very hype about this project. Uh, and in that moment, I throw the number like, oh, and this cigar is going to cost $5. He, like his face was like... <laughs> that would have been How the same face I would make. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, at, we, that, at that time, did you have any sort of thoughts around the packaging? Because because I, I I like the fact that it's almost minimalist in terms of everything. Um, that it's the focus is on the cigar. In terms of like design and packaging, when you first had your dad try this cigar, was that already in mind, or did you say, hey? Take a smoke of this really delicious cigar that I want to sell for five bucks, and then he almost shit his pants. When he told <laughs> I show him the whole the the whole project, like we with we, we, the pictures of, of the presentation and everything. So I'm pretty sure, like from from start, he knew that 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 I was aiming for a very low price point. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this though: for five bucks, it should have been called Buffalo Five. Or. <laughs> or but if it's, well, unless it's like got like 10 herbs and spices in it, like a KFC chicken, <laughs> then, I, then it makes sense for Buffalo 10. Yeah. So <laughs> the name is just a name. Like, like there's no heavy, a big history behind the idea of having Buffalo 10 name behind it. Uh, kind of the same. We just focus on, on having a very good cigar. Yeah. Uh, the, it's called Buffalo 10 because it was actually going to be like a 10 count pack. Oh, we okay. did it, yeah, we tried it and it looked cool. But when we saw the five pack, I was like, oh, like this looks really nice. We were like, we are, it's going to be five packs, but we're keeping the 10. <laughs> Deal with we're de- it. We're devoted it, to the name. So, oh, yeah. So if, if, if you want a, the real Buffalo 10, get to five packs, I guess. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And why not? Listen, spending, I mean, that's such a nominal price for entry into really good cigars. Like, that's what's crazy to me about the Buffalo 10. And then, of course, there's some, again, like there's some other cigars in the market where I go, you know, for something that price, you know, for some people, there's price prohibitiveness, right? Like, it's too much or I'm not yet into this thing that I think I may want to be into in terms of like cigar and passion and the whole thing. Cigars like that represent something that is not only beautifully made, smokes well, is insanely enjoyable in terms of flavors. It's like $5 for a cigar 
I mean, I could name $10 cigars. I could name some, I'm not going to name names, north of $10 cigars that aren't as good as that cigar. So it's crazy to me that you guys took the chance and, and in terms of the monetary piece of it, I would say there's probably a, an element of risk there as well because you're creating something so good and you're putting it into the marketplace saying, hey guys, I just want you to smoke something that I know you'll enjoy, even with the minimalist packaging and the whole thing. Did you guys have a lot of derived success from that line over the period of time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, people is loving that, that brand a lot. Uh, we released that product. We did like a small pre-release in Norway. And uh, on the first batch we sent, sold out uh, within like two weeks. Uh, after that, uh, in the U.S., uh, we released it on, on IPCPR. And what we had in project, uh, the cigars we made uh, were for that period of time, from July to December. So we did a planning for an amount of cigars that could safely cover us for that period of time. We sold all those cigars in IPCPR. Oh, uh, oh yes, and actually today we uh, we are in back order again since today. I'm really sorry to the Buff Buffalo Ten smokers, but uh, <laughs> we sorry. shipped like two weeks ago, and now we're out again. So it's just crazy. It's, it, and all over the place is the same. In Germany, the the, the cigar is doing very fantastically as well. Um, this year uh, we released it in in Austria. Uh, they're going to start selling this product uh, next week. And I look forward to see what's going to happen there. Uh, in Asia as well, a lot of people uh, are talking about the Buffalo 10 line. I actually, today, I got, I got a visit from, from uh, my distributor in Hong Kong, uh, which, by the way, he's been here for four months already because... Whoa, he, he got stuck here? He got stuck here on the island. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so he tried the natural one and he he placed a pre-order already for for the, the the new one. Uh, yeah, well, everybody's he's had, four, he's had four months to think about it. No shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's I'm I'm very happy to see that a, a lot of people is is enjoying the Buffalo 10 and uh, they really like it, and uh, we have a lot of uh, stores that uh, are calling uh, all the time, reordering uh, this line. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's very exciting to see, uh, excited to, to to see this. And I've been uh, struggling a little bit with the with the back orders. Uh, it's the first time uh, we had that kind of issue, and it's because we usually well, you guys have seen all the tobacco we have when when we plan right. a, a production. Uh, I I always make sure we are very safe for a, a enough period of time that I don't get in any trouble uh, uh, running out. But in in this particular time, it was just impossible. Yeah, no, I mean, you you plan for what you can anticipate, and no one anticipated what happened. I mean, oh, no yeah. one no one knew the impact that that was going to have. So it's it's pretty wild in terms of, you know being shut down for such a long period of time worldwide. I mean, you think about it. It's like the only time we've seen something that's like world epidemic, right? Not just something that is, you know, happening in the U S. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy, man. And, uh, during the time we, we had the factory close, uh, you know, the, the cigars were aging, but there was no production anymore. So we got really got behind on, on that part as well. 
So I have a question about you in particular, because you've mentioned some countries over in Europe where you guys have derived a ton of success, obviously, over a long period of time. Um, I dare I say maybe some of those places are bread and butter for you guys. Not saying that the U.S. isn't well represented in terms of LRTista, but you do such a good job over there. You travel over to Europe all the time. So what's that been like? What kind of impact has that had in terms of not having in-person representation over in the European countries? Yeah. So the Europe, European countries are uh, the way the business is run over there is very different to the to the U.S. Uh, it has a lot of good things and a lot of bad things as well. Um, uh, uh, right now, USA is our, is our main country and uh, that's where uh, most of the business we do. Uh, uh, but, uh, the good thing about Europe is the fact that you deal with a distributor, uh, and like they take care of sales and everything else. You just have to make sure you send all the information they need, uh, go and do some events with them and they organize everything as well. And you just have to go and, and uh, every now and then just uh, to meet the, the consumers, to, to go and visit the stores uh, versus in the U.S. where we need like a bigger structure to, to handle everything. Um, it's just a little bit different. Uh, I love both, both worlds. I, I love... a. Uh, having direct contact with the with the retailers the way we do in 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 the U.S. and uh, being the ones that need to organize all the events and everything, and and I also like the convenience of of the way things work in Europe. It's a little bit more complicated because uh, every country has their own set of rules, and you need to understand that. And every country uh, have a, like a different uh, a favorite product that that, that that sells in in that particular market uh, so it's just a little bit different but it's, it's very fun as well and i really love traveling over there and, uh, and every time I, I always tell this to everybody cigar is the international language of of brotherhood and uh, yeah and i really like that the fact that maybe i have no idea what the these guys talking because he doesn't speak English or Spanish. <laughs> but fuck, we're having fun, you know? We're right. drinking some good rum, having a good cigar and having a great time. So where's where's your what's your favorite European country? Where do you like to travel most? Oof, that's a tough one. A tough one, a very tough one. Like, for me, like, just to hang out, I love Spain. Like, Madrid is, for me, one of the best cities in the world. But it's probably because, you know, like I speak the language and the culture is uh, very similar to, right. to my weird, annoying Dominican culture. <laughs> uh, <No> so, <laughs> so maybe that's why I, I like it over there. Like you, every time I go there, I have a lot of fun. But all the other countries are so cool, man. And just like, one is so different from the other. I always compare like the whole European Union with the whole United States, right? So like every country is like a, like a one American state. The only difference is that the culture is so different from one to the other. Like you just walk on the street and you jump into another country and they talk another language and talk, eat at 
completely different food. Right. Uh, so every time I go there, I just learn a lot and uh, and I uh, start checking like what's popular on, on the cigar lounge. Uh, every country have like a weird thing uh, they do. Like for example, in Norway, they love, uh, they have this chocolate brand and in every event that I have done over there, they always are, they're always eating that particular chocolate. And I was <laughs> like, 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 what the hell? Uh, so, and there are always like, like little details like that in, in every right. single one of them that, that makes it unique. And I, and I love that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of a similar experience I have. So you've traveled a lot further over in Europe than I have. I've only been over there once. Uh, but my wife and I, we traveled over to Copenhagen. And then we went over into um, Sweden. And then we went down to Amsterdam. And although those countries represented in terms of geography are not that far away from each other, culturally, they're completely different. I mean, it was insane, the difference, like totally different experiences. And, you know, from Copenhagen over to Malmo, Sweden was 45 minute train ride. And that yep. five minute train ride took you into a whole different world, which oh, was yeah. totally crazy, so unique. And then traveling down to Amsterdam, you're like, I'm in a whole nother world. Like I'm not, I'm not even that far. It was a, it was an hour long plane ride. I'm like, I'm not even, I'm in a whole other place. Yeah. So crazy to me because being in the United States, I can go all over the country. And although there's subtle differences in terms of like dialect and things like that, culturally, there's a lot of similarities. It's not that dispersed or diverse. So it's crazy going over there and what you can experience from country to country in such a short period of time is, is absolutely amazing to me. Now, don't discredit it, though, Corey. I could take an hour drive down to Kentucky, and mm. I can meet, meet some backwoods folks who That's true. raise their children in family. We call it incest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that have a lawn full of unused or used uh, siding. A lot of tires. Lots of trucks. A lot that of broken down I've cars. Seen, I've seen pools in the back of trucks yep. with tarps. Yep, that's that's called that's a, living uh, the life, man. That's uh, that's what we call mobile hot tubs. There's plenty of those wow. in Kentucky, uh, which is a unique experience. But yeah, Chris, he's got a point, right? Travel down in Kentucky, you see all kinds of weird shit. Um, so, where's your favorite place in the U.S.? Where do you like to travel most? In the U.S., that's a tough one as well, man. Like, well, I will say, Ram, there's only one right answer. So. I've never been to, to, you guys are in North Carolina, right? We're in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio. North Carolina. Why? <laughs> yeah. yeah, in Ohio. I've never been to Ohio, actually. I'm pretty sure that's going to be my favorite place when I get there. Yeah. No. <laughs> so here, Graham, no, it won't. Because I've been here for 32 years, and it is not my favorite place. <laughs> so I, I'm telling you right now, you have zero reason to come to this state, other than to sell cigars. There's yeah. nothing here. If you like, if you want free admission to an Air Force museum, that's about all we've got. <laughs> and, and the Football Hall of Fame, which yeah. you probably give two shits about, so it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not really relevant. Ohio's Ohio's a great place to leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like I love New York, but it's kind of the city that I like going for four days and then I'm done. Like that's oh, it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Too much. It's fun for four days. Uh, I'll say Miami. Like I'm always there, uh, and I, I I just I have a lot of friends, and I have fun every time that I can. That Miami I'm not is absolutely awesome. beautiful. I love it down there. It's weird too because 
there's people within the U.S. that are like, Ugh, don't go to Miami. Miami's just filled with blah, blah. I'm like, Miami's got so much cool culture to it and cigars out the ass because Florida is just the most friendly state besides Pennsylvania in terms of tobacco. So I guess oh, yeah. there's certain things that you aren't necessarily attached to in that regard. It may not be a place you want to go. I absolutely love it there. I Southern Florida is amazing to me. But, but you'll be shocked. Dude. A lot of people in the United States don't like Florida at all or even yeah. the southern parts of Florida and Miami, which I find weird. But there's a ton of people here. They're like, oh, no. I'm like, you're crazy. That's one of my favorite places to go. I feel like I'm in Miami right now. Corey's fucking yeah. porch. Yeah, we're on our so fucking. Yeah, we're on my patio. And it's like 90 degrees and I'm, I'm filled with sweat right now. Well, here's yeah. the thing. So we called an audible last minute. Obviously, I asked you, I said, hey, would you be open to doing a Zoom? Because we really don't ever do that. Um, we've like never done this format, but I thought it would be cool because I wanted people to see your face. Like we'll put this out on YouTube and the whole thing. And like, it's good to see inflection. There you go. <laughs> it's good to just see people. You make like a, there's a further connection to it, right? Than just being over audio. Um, I really wanted to do this in particular because we've had you, so we've had you on the podcast before, and then you were gracious enough to allow us to come down and visit the factory. We had literally one of the best times I've For ever sure. had, like hands down, one of the best experiences. And we took some of the audio from that, the video from that. And then we did the, I was like, we need to have Ram in video. You're, you're a third time guest. You're, you're, you've hit the trifecta and you think you're the only person that we've had on for the third time. I think. Oh, so. Thank you. I'm very happy for that. Well, it's actually, yeah, I think it's great for us. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you this question because you had us down in December of 2017. I believe if my memory serves, it was December 16th, 2017 was the exact date. I think we finally arrived. So the fact that those couple years have gone by, you've had another group that's come in and part of that group was representation for half wheel. So who do you like better? Were Chris and I better than whoever was from Half Wheel? Was our group definitively better than those? Because the Half Wheel guy seems like a fuddy-duddy. You don't have to tell me right now whether he was or wasn't. Maybe we do that off camera. But he seems like he's not a fun guy to hang out with. Oh, he's actually a very interesting person to talk with, for real. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's very fun. Like, every person is different. Uh, and every group, both of them are being very different, but it's been very cool, both of them. Yeah. I just, I was trying to get you to admit that he wasn't as cool, but you gave me no, that. Patrick, Patrick is a really cool guy. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, like, like he's not a person that will be a cool car scene and, and a just silly talking all the time. Like he's more like, like a little bit more serious. But he's right. a very interesting person, and right. yes. I I enjoy both worlds. Good, I, I, good. I, but I doubt anybody from any of your trips went through what I went through when some dude was trying to sell me some really sweet bread on oh the beach, and I said some unflattering uh, attempts at Spanish words, and I basically asked the man to have rough sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I remember that. That was in the beach in, in Las yes. Terrenas. Yeah. <laughs> that, awesome? and I, I, I always remember when Dula, like this yeah. guy came to sell him a watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and at the end, like, like a scammer, a scammer was trying to to scam him, and at the end, he got the watch almost for free. I was know. Like, like, <laughs> the guy, the guy was like all, but, he was like all but giving it to him. Like, just, oh, yeah. just take it. Fine. <laughs> Jesus, just take the watch. <laughs> that was so, that was such an amazing experience overall. I had, I had so much fun. And also, is Chris the only person that actually ate an unfermented tobacco leaf? Has anyone else done that through that experience? That what? Do you remember we were sitting on those? Uh, we met your dad for the first time. We were we were down in uh, what I will call the tobacco bunker, and it was like right in the beginning of that. The next day that we that we actually got to see everything at the production facility. I don't know if you remember this, but Chris took a tobacco leaf and started eating it from the bushel. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. You you are you are the the one and only that has done that so far. Perfect. See what yeah. happens. See what happens when we join the party. That's yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, you get you get people doing reckless stuff. By the way, I did want to make note. Look at this. No, not one touch up. Look how even. Oh wow! Uh, how how is it? Is smoking? It's spicy. <laughs> this, yeah. this mine's got heat to it, man. I'm telling you, I don't know. If mine doesn't at all. Maybe I blew out my palate earlier, but it's um, it's actually, it's pretty good. I'm biased yeah. because I made it, but man, it's smoking great. The draw is phenomenal. So although, although I created what looks like Frankenstein's monster, this thing is like smoking beautifully. Yeah, it has a lot of time, so it's smoking very nice. Sometimes, like if it has burning issues, it's because uh, of the way you place the tobacco inside, more of than aging in this particular time because uh, it's such an old blend. But but it's good. Uh, I'm very happy. And uh, do you remember the blend that you picked? Like like what percentage of Ligero? Yeah. So I actually have the piece of paper. So I looked at it earlier. So it was only ten percent. I think it was ten or twenty percent Ligero. It was like twenty. Sorry, twenty percent Ligero. 10% Lajero, 40% Seco, and oh, I forget, I forget what the percent of Visa was. Yeah. But I know it was huh. only 10% Lajero. I did, mine was 60% Lajero, 40 or 30% Seco, 10% Viso. And I'll tell you what, I had one fresh when I got home, and I was like, this is pretty good. And then yeah. I smoked the rest of them in literally about a month's time. I almost smoked all of them. I have one left that I'm just holding on as a memento. But I'll tell you what, mine tasted pretty fucking Chris's good. Chris's was yeah. really good. It was <laughs> actually a really good cigar. When I smoked his, I was like, oh, my God, this is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a, a nod to your uh, fantastic tobacco. Yeah. It's kind of, oh, thank you. It's kind of hard to fuck up a blend if the tobacco is all really good, too. Yeah. What we try to do is, uh, when we do this kind of seminar, is to use uh, some tobaccos that we know for sure that they go along very well together. Because you know that there are some tobaccos that you just need to know how to blend. They're great, but you, you need to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to have a very bad blend. Yeah. So, so speaking of blends, is there any further iterations of anything Big Poppy that is on the horizon? So you did the original, you did the Slugger. Is there going to be, um, I mean, I'm pretty Maybe sure like home run. I'm pretty sure he's all healed up now. So a backup and running the whole thing is. Uh, are you still in contact with uh, David Ortiz? Yes, I actually talked to him a couple of days ago. Uh, uh, for this year, there's not going to be any new product. 
but we are uh, considering uh, having a new size for the, the slogger. Uh, that cigar uh, is being uh, very popular and a lot, uh, we're getting, been getting a lot of very good feedback. But it's a big ass cigar. It's a 60 by 7. So uh, we did it that size. <coughs> Sorry. Because uh, that was what, what David wanted to. But if we make it a little bit small, smaller, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are, are going to appreciate that. Uh, it's been very popular and, and we've been getting a lot of uh, uh, sales out of that cigar. So uh, we are uh, considering uh, having a smaller one. But call maybe it, for next year. Maybe call it the bunt. You have the slugger. <laughs> call this one the bunt. <laughs> yeah it's it's weird it's weird too thinking about how like the size and the name and of course david ortiz that is all yeah. fitting yeah but then also the fact that like some people just don't like you know the tolas that are that large so what type of i mean there's certainly people who are going to buy them i'm Cigar sure it's been insanely yeah, accessible sure. but there's also the part of it where there are some people who really much enjoy smaller Vitolas and all that. And if it's really a great blend, it's like, what do you do going forward? And how do you proceed with that, you know, awesome blend and, and recreating it in a different Vitola? Were you, were, you, um, were you pleased at the fact that he went on air and started Start smoking, smoking those cigars live? Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. How and cool was that? I was yeah. so excited for you. I was like, <laughs> that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it, like, it blew up all over the social media world, yeah, which is great. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, we that night we got a lot of increase in in our website and our social media, <laughs> and it, it was crazy. I had no idea he was gonna do that, uh, and we don't even have a Fox like American Fox Sports on on, on the island. Like we have El Señor Fox or some shit like that. <laughs> Spanish, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I I didn't saw it live, but but when I saw the recording, that that, that was hilarious, man. That yeah. was really, the, I, when I watched it, actually someone sent it to me and I was like, wait a second, there's no way he just did that live on air. There's no way. It was and a, then I just kept yeah. seeing it pop up and I was like, holy shit, he did that live on air. And then also kind of just threw up the middle finger to the whole like TBFCC thing and was just like, yeah, what are you like, going to do I about it? No like I'm going to do what I want. And it was like super well received. I was so I was so thrilled to see that, like specifically for you guys. I was like, that is so freaking cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to see something cool? Let me see I, if I can show you. Yeah. Uh, so I have a friend that is a very good artist. So he did a really cool painting. Uh, we have a, uh, another uh, release for this year, which is a, a new limited edition humidor. Mm -hmm. And this is... I don't oh, know if holy shit. Oh, that's dope. That is awesome. Yeah. You, that is so really cool. cool. Yeah. Dude, that looks awesome. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, when I show it to David, he, he, he was so happy about it. Uh, so we're going to have uh, a, some a limited edition humidors uh, with that image on top of it. That is for really this year cool. as well. How much are you going to sell those bad boys for? I have no idea. <laughs> put, a, put a premium on them. Just, just elevate them to no end. <laughs> Did I tell you? So when we left, when we left the Dominican, I was so pissed because I left with, that's what I wanted was the big poppy cigar. You gave me the box, wrote a nice note on it. 
we're going through security. Everybody makes it through just fine with all their cigars, little thing. Mine stuffed in my bag. And my Colorado's. Yeah. I get pulled. I get pulled aside by some agent, not part of like TSA or anything like that. Like guy looked like he was in like the freaking like drug enforcement agency. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And he's like, can I search your bag? And I was like, sure. And he takes the box and breaks the seal on it and opens it up. And I literally went, oh. And then he finger touches. Yeah. And then he was starting to like fidget with everything. And he, and then puts them all back in, closes. He's like, you're good. And I'm like, did you have to break the seal? He's like, I had to look inside of it. And I was like, come on, man. I wanted that sealed up. I wanted to hold that for a while. That meant something to me. And he's, oh, like, wow. he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm breaking the seal and I'm opening it up. <laughs> I was like, what do you think I'm smuggling? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that happens every now and then. And I'm really sorry it happened to you. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, a, it's yeah. all good. I, there's, and I was going to hold on to them for a long time. And there are none left. I smoked through those <laughs> so freaking fast. I still have the oh. box. But I was like, that, that big poppy blend, man, there's something about that blend that I just fell in love with the first time I had it. And I was like, I'm leaving here with the big poppy blend. It, to yeah. me, it's one of the – it's – I don't even want to call it underrated. It's not underrated. It's it's been so well received. But like, there's times where I smoke it, or if I'm talking to someone about El Artista, they go, "Okay, El Artista." Like, what have they made? And, I, and I'll say, "I was like, hey, that big poppy, the David Ortiz, like a staple in their lineup." I was like, "That cigar is so freaking good." People are like, "Really?" And I'm like, "It's really because I think there's um, I think there's this notion that if it's like a celebrity endorsed type of cigar, people just assume." Like there's the Carl Malone, there's the Ray Lewis, and people are like, okay, well, they're essentially endorsing the cigar. It's got their name on it. But what does that really mean? I was like, no, like the time and attention that went into the development of the cigar and how much David Ortiz played in a part of that development of the cigar. I was like, I'm telling you, it's freaking good. It's not like this quintessential celebrity cigar. Let's make something and put someone's band on it and see how it sells. Like, I was like, this is a very thoughtful and intentional cigar. The blend is yep. amazing. And then when people smoke it, they're like, holy shit, that's fantastic. Yeah. My father-in-law loves it. He always says, like, you got any more of those? Yeah. <laughs> David uh, is a very good smoker. Like, like, he's not just a guy that is kind of trying to learn how to smoke a cigar. Like, he, he actually enjoys uh, smoking a good cigar. And so on um, this blend, he's responsible uh, almost a hundred percent of it he's the one that that chose that blend and it took him a lot of time to 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 say like yes this this is the the one that that, that we're gonna use as 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 the big puppy line mm. so yeah he he did a good job working with, with that cigar and yeah we are very happy that that we are we have that relationship with him and um, people love the cigar so so we we're very happy about that as well yeah i feel like that, that would be challenging too like from a business standpoint if you get someone's like i've got a million dollars i want to make a cigar but they have no sense of taste from what a good cigar is but they still want to pay you a million dollars and you're like well we think the blend sh should be this once you try these you're like we don't like those but they, then they pick like a blend that is not the greatest and you're like Oh God! Why? Yeah. Well, that that happens every now and then. It, you just have to give all the good advice as 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 like, the best advice you can. But at the end, is is the customer's decision of of, of of what blend they want to to bring out. And that comes across any industry, like even my industry, where it's like it's a client-based industry where you know I'm developing and producing products, digital products for folks. 
and we make recommendations and they go, well, thanks for the recommendation, but we want to do this. It's like, oh, please don't, please don't. <laughs> so Ram, if not David Ortiz, what other celebrity or celebrities would you want to work with? Is there anybody on your radar, anybody that you are like, man, this would be an awesome person to work on something similar to as far as like uh, either celebrity endorsed or someone that you would just want to work with, period? So we've been getting a lot of uh, uh, interest of, of some other Dominican baseball players uh, that kind of want to do the same that we did with, with David. And we right now are uh, like are not looking for for any other celebrity endor- endorsement for now, uh, mainly because of all these crazy things about the FDA. You have to be very cautious of of what you're gonna bring out uh, new. Uh, but it, I'm up to collaborating with anybody, you know, as 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 a. a if if somebody that that knows what what he's doing and uh, i see that has like, like uh, he's very focused on 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 uh, on how he's going to run the the business and uh, what he needs i'm i'm happy you know like uh, i i like working with with people like that right of course are you um are you focused at all this, I mean, this year, of course, with like the shutdown coronavirus, the whole thing. And I know you were, you were saying a little bit earlier as far as like, you know, the European market differing so much from the U.S. market. Um, what, what's your focus in terms of U.S. this year? Are, there, are you one, obviously expansion, but are you like intentionally focused or targeting on certain states, certain um, uh, certain B&Ms that you want to get your product into? What, what does that focus look like? And what does the strategy look like now that Corona has taken place? So we've been uh, putting most of our, our efforts on uh, working remotely. So uh, we have a very good team of uh, staff uh, uh, calling on see how I'm prospecting new stores over the phone. Instead of the your traditional uh, sales rep uh, knocking the door, uh, right now we are focusing in in in, in that area uh, a lot. And so, and one of the good things about that is that it gives us the freedom to be able to to cover a, a a bigger territory than just like a person going to from one store to to another. So we don't. We are not focusing like in in one particular state or, or region per se, but looking to the U.S. as just as, as one big market uh, with a lot of uh, potential accounts that we can open. That is very true. I didn't even really consider that, but yeah, the reach you would have doing it digitally and from a cost perspective of travel is extremely advantageous because. Even in this regard, B&Ms are going to be more open to the idea of this type of business because they can't get people in their stores. So it's like if there's any time to reach as many B&Ms as possible, it's literally now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's much more convenient. And uh, it's not as easy as it sounds because, uh, you know, uh, the way this business has been run for a long time is kind of the same. Right. And this is... Something people is not a hundred percent usual of having like boutique brands uh, uh, being sold over the phone instead of 
uh, a sales rep or, or a broker, uh, but it works. One of the things we did, uh, in, first in mind, what, 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 what the first idea we had is hiring a, 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 a company that uh, could provide the service, like hiring the, the staff and uh, to rep us and making the sales. But this industry is so unique that it, I'm pretty sure that something like that it was not going to work. So we decided to build our own calling center and bring all the, the our staff in. And instead of just a, um, like if you get a, an account, that's going to be your account. And it's not that a, anybody can call just to, to check on them and, and to try to sell more, more products. Uh, mm-hmm. What they do here is that they, they build the relationship with the, with the customers uh, more, than, more, more than anything else. We're looking for like long-lasting relationships. Right. So you essentially are, you're, you're, are you building out that team in the Dominican? Yes, we are. Uh, right. We are building the team here. Uh, we have a couple of months uh, running the project already and it's been a, 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 a successful so far. Uh, unfortunately, we had to shut down for for a, a month and a half, more or less. Uh, but the, the 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 idea is working, and, and we're doing good. Uh, there are some things that are a little bit complicated in in the country. Uh, one of the things is that sometimes we have no electricity, uh, so we you need to have like a backup system for that. We Wait, actually. What is that? What do you mean you don't have electricity? Like, is that a government shutoff or is it? Like- yes. Yes, that happens. Really? Yes. So it before used to be very bad. I remember when I was a little kid, we only had like maybe 14 hours a day of electricity. Uh, nowadays, uh, around 90% of the network in the, con- in the country, it runs 24-7, which it some which means that probably going to get one hour a week without electricity, which is not that bad considering you used to have 14 right. hours a day with electricity. Right. Uh, but like, for example, where we are now, uh, where we, it's, I, we installed this office, uh, is in a very remote area. So we have to bring the, the, the wire net network, uh, the electricity network. It was... Uh, almost one mile of, of cables that, that, oh. that we have to, to bring with the, the, the electricity company that they are the ones actually installing everything. Another problem we had here was internet. Uh, here, we have very bad internet. So we had to uh, contract a company to bring optic fiber uh, here as well. So th- there were a couple of stuff, but we, we are very happy. Uh, I'm actually in, in a new building we built for this. On the upper level, we're going to build a, like a private cigar lounge. Whoa, nice. nice. Yeah, next time you guys are here, we're going to be able to have some fun over there. Uh, I'm going to have a, my drum set uh, up there, uh, like TV screens all over the place. I like playing video games, so I'm probably gonna have, have like an arcade and a bunch of video games up there as well i'm it's gonna be fun it's gonna be can, like my main case can you just um can you put a couple cots in there so chris and i can just sleep there and by the way did you say drum set yeah my man my man <laughs> i will i will jam out with you for real. all right deal you play the drums as well I do. I have for oh, a cool. long, long time. <laughs> so yeah and i'll 22 years and i'll sing 
So get a microphone and some monitors. Oh, Ram, I forgot, I forgot to tell you. So I haven't told you this. Um, so my wife asked me, my birthday's coming up in August. And she asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And the answer that I gave her, she didn't believe me. And there's a reason why I picked this as my choice of what I wanted for my birthday. And she thought I was crazy. So the last time we were down there and everybody was dancing, I didn't know how to dance. Like, I don't know how to sauce. I, I don't know how to move like that. I don't know how to use my hips. I barely have hips. Looks real stiff. I just look terrible. And she said, what do you want for your birthday this year? And I said, I want salsa lessons. I want, I want to do Spanish dancing. I was like, that's, that's what I want. And she was like, she laughed at me and she's like, <laughs> she was like fuck off. Like, fuck you. Cause she's, she's a dancer. Like she, she's been dancing since she was a little kid. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. That's what I want. I was like, cause the next time I go down there, I want to be able to dance with people. I yeah. want to make it look like I know what the hell I'm doing. That's, so that's, that's what I'm doing in two months. We're going to be doing some salsa dancing. I will, that brings up a good thought in my head. So last time we were there, I did way too much dancing with some of the female employees. Oh, yes. I remember that. I remember that. I remember we had a band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. So a lot of merengue dancing. Yeah. <laughs> do, do do any of them i don't know do any of them mention me <laughs> or, <laughs> uh, they still mention dula because they thought they he oh, was david because <laughs> <laughs> he was like big poppy light <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I was so well, funny. like, what is that big pappy? He looks different <laughs> on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, another thing that Kevin asked me because he sends me samples of these things that I absolutely love and I enjoy to no end. And every time he sends them, I yeah. smoke. I literally, it's the first thing I smoke and they're so wonderful to me. And he said, ask Ram to put these into regular production. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these are so tasty and delicious i'm not sure why these aren't in like a hundred pack bundles they are so freaking good i don't even know what's in here it's like crack cocaine i don't know what it is but they are absolutely phenomenal that is it that's the fogly that's yeah. the fogly yep. yeah yeah when i came up with this project uh, and i told uh, kevin like hey bro we should bring this little cigar out there I was like, what, what is that? It's just, you know, let's do this. It was probably like, like one month before IPCPR. And I was like, let's bring it to the show. It was like, we don't have any materials out of it. This is going to be our secret menu item. You know, a lot, some fast food restaurants, they have some uh, right. products they don't, they don't have on the menu. Right. I was like, this is going to be our secret menu. I was like, oh, you're fucking crazy. Like, no, let's do it. <laughs> we did it, and, and people love it, man. It's, they are, it's incredible. Yeah. They are so freaking delicious. I can't even explain how much I love these little bastards. To the point where the last batch he sent us, I don't think I gave any to Chris. I think this may be the last one, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to smoke it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> touch it. Because they won't let me touch it. They're so freaking good. I don't know what it is, man, but I fell in love with it. I smoked one. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, like early in the morning, it's like I woke up at like seven in the morning. I sat on the back patio. I had my little espresso and I smoked one of these and I sort of got like for a period of like 40 minutes, I was just in heaven. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what's in here, but it's absolutely delicious. They're phenomenal. 
Yeah, well, thank you, man. Thank you. It's just a heat of peppery on a very small cigar. I decide to do it because uh, when I'm traveling, that kind of little cigar is, is what I usually have. When you don't have a lot of time at the airport or maybe it's winter time and, and you don't want to be outside for a long time when you get to the hotel or whatever, I just light up one of these little guys, you know, and it's, it's a good little smoke. They're perfect. They're, that's absolutely yeah. what they're, that's what they're perfect for. Mm. Um, have you ever thought about something I was thinking about in particular your brand? And, and I know this is, I don't want to say it's a, I don't want to see it as say that it's a damned thing anymore, but have you ever been approached or have considered doing like a collaborative effort with another factory, with another manufacturer, um, that you can represent either in the UK or in the U S because there's so many people I think about just the fact that like in Tamboril and, and where we were at and uh, where were we? Santa Domingo, right? Or Santiago. 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 So in, in Santiago, there's so many, man- it's like manufacturers row, like everybody's down there. Have yeah. you thought about doing something like that? We are actually uh, talking about a collab. Uh, we soon are going to be talking about that. So yeah, oh. we, we, we've been uh, getting interest of, of, uh, some companies on, on doing a, like a collab with us and uh, this time in particular we're very close to, to do something so stay Ooh. tuned and oh yeah <laughs> well now you have me intrigued I like so, so, so part of me wants to keep pressing you on the issue but I won't do it you'll say it at the right moment and that'll, that'll be good enough for us it was just weird because I was thinking about like when we were at the party that you threw and there's like guys that roll in from LFD, there's guys that roll in from other places. I met a few guys who had sent me from samples. Like weirdly enough, we met them at your party. Yeah. And they were, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the guy, the chameleon, chameleon guys, chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so, a cool guy. Yeah. Totally cool. Sent us samples like a couple months back and they were like, Hey, remember you guys from, the Dominican. I was like, what? <laughs> Did you? Um, and then I remembered who they were and I was like, yeah, I was just thinking about just all the different manufacturers that are down there that you have access to that, you know, all these guys, I just figure like that's something that to me would seem plausible and on the horizon potentially. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we have a lot of manufacturers here and I think one, one of the main things I love about this industry and the way uh, things run here on the Island is the fact that we are all friends and yeah, we are competitors of, of one to each other, but it doesn't feel like that. Uh, anytime I need help from, from, from one of the factories or if they need help or some advice or whatever from me, uh, we are always open to, to help each other. We that's work like awesome. a very big community and that's pretty cool. And yeah. like, for example, a chameleon, a, I, know, I know them for, for a long time. And I remember when, when they started the project, they were very, very young, probably like 18 or 19, I don't know. And uh, they decided to, to visit me and to ask me some advice. And uh, I'm always more than, than, than happy to, to, to help anybody that wants to join to the industry. And there's a space, there's room for, for, for everybody. And anything that we can do to, to help each other, I, I think that, that that's good. And that's the beauty of, of, of this industry, you know? Yeah, and I really I hope it continues to be like that. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it differs much either from, from most places. I feel like 
a lot of manufacturers would share the same sentiment as you in terms of like, hey, we're all in this together. And everybody is essentially fighting a much bigger battle together too, which creates unity. And that's the FDA regulatory processes, right? Like, oh, yeah. that's, that's an opportunity for um, some key players in the industry to band together to, to fight off, you know, a regulatory process that is, for all intents and purposes, unfair. Um, so you, you do create some unity in just that alone. But I think even outside of that, the traditionalism of what cigars are, it more often unites people than it does segregate them, which is oh, yeah. awesome because it's really one of the only industries that I know that's, that's really like that. Like the industry I work in, our competitors are our enemies. Like we don't share secrets, right? Yep. Like if yep. someone from one of my competitors called me and said, hey, can I get some? I'd be like, uh, piss off, dude. Like yeah. I'm not telling you anything. You're, you are my competitor. Like you, yeah. I, I'm trying to eat your lunch every day. And it's, 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 uh, there's a cutthroat nature to it. And, and I just don't feel, it's one of the things I really admire about the cigar industry is that it doesn't have that same feel. And, and there really is represented space for everybody. And speaking of that, um, this is a question that I often ask, especially recently as we've done more interviews, is that how do, how do you feel in terms of like the saturation in the industry? There's all these small sub brands and you guys are different in the fact that you own a, a giant process, you own factory, yeah. essentially everything, right? From, from seed to shelf, it's you guys are in charge of that process. But there's a lot of like smaller brands, people who will contract manufacture that just keep pushing themselves into the industry and some do great and some fold they as quickly as they appear, they disappear. How do you feel in terms of the saturation? Do you think there's still more room to grow? So it, there will always be new brands coming out. And honestly, I like that. I, I, I like the fact that uh, people uh, have a lot of options in their humidor and uh, like ourselves, we are always bringing a new product every year because uh, that's what the market asks for. Uh, I, I really like the fact that, that uh, there's a lot of options out there. And I usually, uh, when I travel, I usually try to smoke cigars that are not from the island, uh, that I don't usually don't have a lot of access to, uh, just to see how different it, they are. And... and uh, the fact that some of those blends from, from other small or big manufacturers blows my mind. I, I like that. So, I, I, honestly, I, I think that a, a bigger the options, the better the, the industry is. And sometimes it feels a little bit saturated, but, uh, you know, companies come and go. And, yeah. and that's kind of, that's, that's natural. That, that's the way a, a boutique you, a, a products usually happen it's kind of the same with beer like in, in the beer industry right. it's the same the craft beer at least right. so yeah I, I like it I, I like the fact that we have options and there's a lot of people uh, bringing some very new and fresh ideas to the market can I, can I give you some kudos Ram I want to give you some kudos some really nice words uh, you recently blended a cigar that me and Corey have both tried from a new brand, relatively new brand, very new brand, actually. The OM Cigars from Oz Morales. Oh, yeah, Osvaldo. The, the, the number two, there is something magical about that number two cigar. Oh, yeah. Osvaldo uh, is one of those customers that uh, he came and he knew what he was looking for. 
And I feel very happy when uh, you get to, to meet somebody and do business with somebody that knows what he's doing and uh, like already had in his mind the, the idea of, of what he's looking for. Uh, he is very good uh, 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 designing the, all, the, all his products. And yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, the, that blend number two is fantastic. Yes. Oh, yeah, that cigar is oh. magical. And I just tried, he uh, sent us some of the number the fours. Number fours yeah. So I have some of those and I smoked one of those too. And it's absolutely incredible. I was like, yeah. man, these, these are just, these cigars are fire. They're absolutely wonderful. So yeah. freaking tasty. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I think a lot of people, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but just, Many people don't know, yeah. just, just to remind, like you guys, you, you blend for a for so lot of different freaking people. I mean, there is, when we walked back into your guys's, uh, uh, what, what's the room? Um, like the, just like the aging, like stuff that you had on the shelves that's going to go out. Oh, yeah, the aging room. recorded. Yeah. The aging room, right. So when we were in there, there was an insane amount of stuff that's going all over the world. Brands we had no idea. Like, oh, yeah. And labels <laughs> and the like, whole thing. And I'm like, that. what is this? What yeah. is this one? And I'm looking at all these crazy Vitoles. I'm like, what is this one? And you're like, ah, that's not US. That's not you. I'm like, what? Why are these in the US? And by the way, why is not the Cimarron Colorado in the US? Yeah, run around. I don't know, actually. Like, honestly. I don't either. <laughs> when we... We, I working with that project, especially for Germany at first, and now we sell it all over Europe. And I don't know why we haven't introduced to Europe yet. At, at first, like we didn't like since it's the same wrapper as the Big Papi, we didn't want a cigar that competes with the Big Papi in the U.S. Uh, from our own lines. But it kind of like now it has kind of its own path. You know, so right. I don't know. Maybe that's something I should consider to bring Listen, it to the man, U.S. It's real good. We smoked nine to ten Cimarrons a day when we were oh. with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> and, not, and not because that was the only selection. It was because it's a fucking good smoke. You yeah. know what's weird? what's weird about that, too, is that I think, like, Chris has mentioned this before, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit in terms of, like, just the representation in a humidor. Like when you travel in other places, you like to experience other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. What's weird to me about the Cimarron, in particular the Maduro, which we smoked most often when we were down there with yeah. you, was the fact that it's a cigar that I never got tired of. Never. Like it's the only time where I wanted to keep eating chicken. Yeah. For like <laughs> days on days on days on days. I was like, it's, it's rare. It's honestly very rare for me to just like I'm a, a creature of expiration, right? Like I'll there's times where I close my eye because I don't know what to pick. It's so overwhelming, like what I have in my whole collection, right? I'll just close my eyes and pick something. And I like the randomness of that. I like just something that's just different and unique. But that was one of those cigars that when I smoke it, it's like, well, I can have one, then I can have two, and then I have three, then I can have seven, then I can have eight at the close of the day. And I'm like, I still am absolutely in love with the cigar. It's so good. Yeah. And someone actually, when I, I posted something the other day in terms of uh, the Cimarron Maduro, and someone hit me up and they were like, they didn't realize that we knew who you were. And they're like, oh, that Cimarron Maduro. And I know the owner and I know all this. And I was like, yeah, no, it's a great cigar. And I finally had to tell them, I was like, you know, 
I was like, I've had it before. I know, I know Ram. <laughs> we very much known each other for a while. Um, and I was like, you're absolutely right. It's an incredible cigar. And it's so cool to even see it just on like social media, right? When everybody has access to all this different stuff, it's really cool when someone comments or sends me a message and they're like, that cigar is absolutely phenomenal. And that was just like a couple of days ago. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Yeah. The cigar is freaking flawless, incredible. To me, that's like probably one of the best releases you guys have come out with for sure. One, at least I personally a, have fallen in love with. A staple of Dominican, mm. you know? Like they're, they're, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know what it is. We smoked so much of it and never got bored of it. Even when I was at a nicotine high, when I'm sitting in the back of your black SUV, was it black? Well, there was a silver one and there was a black one. It was uh, the white one. Like The white one. We looked like we were in a political motorcade. We literally did. We looked kind of like a a political caravan. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, just even sitting in the back of your SUV when we're traveling across like the coastline into the rural parts of Dominican, not saying the the touristy spots, I mean the real Dominican. We saw the rural parts, we saw the middle of the country, we saw the coastline, we saw the small towns, and just every time sitting in your SUV, me and Zane in the back usually from uh, Blind Man's Puff. Just smoking Cimarron's, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's something, like, even now, I know it's only been, like, almost three years, but, dude, I'm telling you this right now. That experience for me and Corey is already nostalgic. Oh, and, yeah, And, like, we sure. crave, crave going back. Oh, yeah. You, you, you guys need just to let me know. Yeah, and I'll take some days off, and I'll show you some other places that are not that, popular here that are really really cool we love yeah so we're we're planning a trip so um our show sponsor is um his name's alex from my cigar pack and he lives down in dominican and he's gonna host us when we come down cool yeah like i was like i i was like i have we have to go see ram it's a must so that's got to be a part of my trip um you know our plan was to see okay we're gonna go from factory to factory explore go see some stuff um do some tours i was like I got to spend some time with Ram. So I was like, I, that's already parcel time that I have into this planned trip. I'm in. I'm in. And I'm more than happy to, to spend some time with, with, with Alex as well. He's yeah. a very cool, good friend. Good, good, good. good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a wonderful human being. So we're, we're always happy to interact with him. I mean, I swear to God, like, I talk to him. I talk to him daily, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind that's of strange. True. But yeah, he's absolutely wonderful. And, and I'm like... I'm anticipating the time because I haven't been able to travel in a while. And like you, I'm someone who likes to explore. I like to go out and I like to travel. So it's really weird for me to be at home for an extended period of time, even for work. I mean, I travel all over the place and love to travel the world and the whole thing. Haven't been able to do so. So I'm like itching. And really the first place that I really want to go back to is I'm going to go back down to the Dominican. So that's, yes. uh, that's number one on my list. Yes. So of course, of course, we're going to let you. I, I would be disappointed in myself. If I was in the Dominican and you didn't know about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When we do, like, uh, when uh, Kevin uh, pitched me the, the idea of, of having this tour, uh, we were thinking, you know, like, oh, yeah, the, the standard. Let's go to a big hotel in the coast and whatever. And that was like, you know, like, let's show people the real Dominican Republic you know like yes I, n- I never go to a all-inclusive hotel in Punta Cana 
Right. I never go to Punta Cana. I don't. I just it's not well, my thing, not. you know. Right. I don't want to go to Punta yeah, Cana. Damn it! Oh. I, I want to do what we. I want to do. Listen, yeah. I want to drive through the streets and see a herd of freaking bulls walking up the street. Yeah. I get. I was like that to me is the realest thing. I want to see so cool. military police on like mopeds. With one guy riding, oh yeah, the guy in like a shotgun. Guy in the back with a <laughs> shotgun or an AR, like an assault rifle. That's what I want to see. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And there are so many cool things to see in this country. You know, we we have so many not so common areas. We have like a sand dunes in our region. We have the only a place in the Caribbean that gets below freezing point uh, during winter time. Really? Uh, yeah, in Constanza. I had no idea. Yeah, really cool place. It never snows, but uh, during the night, it gets below zero and everything is frozen outside. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, in the in the border with, with Haiti, that, that area is so beautiful and so isolated that nobody goes. I wanted um, to ask you about that. I was like, can we go to Haiti or close to? I don't want to say I want to go into Haiti, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's... In this town in particular, like the closest uh, borderline, a uh, border we have uh, from Santiago, uh, there's like a new bridge because there's a river that divides the country and there's the old one. They uh, destroy the old one, but you can kind of walk halfway to it. So it's kind of weird, like, okay, like we are at the end of the Dominican Republic now, like at the really edge. Right. And you can see the, 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 the Haitian side. On the other side, which is quite interesting. That is oh, so crazy. Yeah. yeah, the crazy thing to do is to go during. We have this uh, uh, this area where uh, one time a week I, uh, they open the border, so uh, uh, they can come and uh, do some trading, uh, like in a in a market, and that's fucking crazy. It, that's, it, so that, that's a very interesting experience to see. Oh, who was who was our driver? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uni. Yeah, is he still uh, with you? Is he, how's he? Oh doing? hell yeah, hell nice. yeah. <laughs> love that dude. He's the best. I love that dude. Yeah, he is awesome, man. He took he took care of us. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. The, so I remember we were talking about the Haitians when we were there, and like just the the dynamic between the Dominican. I didn't realize the the open market thing was like I didn't realize that was a thing. Oh yeah. What's, what's unique about that experience? Like, is it just the fact that like now you have these two countries that share a border are now together in trade and it's just kind of a, just a weird kind of experience. So that area is very remote. So like it's like our side is, is a, a, a very small town on their side as well. It's a little bit bigger, but very small as well. So most of the trading they do is like food, you know, and cattle and, and stuff like that. Trees. Which is quite interesting. What I like the most about going there is getting some Haitian rum because oh. it's fucking good. Oh, yeah. They have a rum babacu. That's very oh, good. And good. I don't know why they don't sell it here on the, on, on the Dominican side. But they have very good beer, the prestige beer and the mm-hmm. rum. Both of them are very good. Honestly, it, it, babacu is one of, the, one of my favorite non-Dominican rums out there. Oh, that is oh, awesome. Shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. And it's just hard to get it. Like here it's impossible. If you don't know somebody that goes back and forth to Haiti, you cannot get it. That's interesting. So yeah. I would assume if you can't get it in the DR, probably don't you probably can't really get it anywhere. I mean, I've never heard of that in the US. Right? Like I, you know what I mean? I mean maybe it is, but 
I I have seen it some specialty stores in in some uh, cigar lounges in 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 Germany. They also have like a very like exotic rum selection, mm-hmm. and I have seen it there. But other than that, I've never seen it elsewhere. Is it expensive? It's cheap. It's very cheap. <laughs> it it the cost is depending on how you look like. Probably it's gonna be a little bit more expensive. <laughs> That's to you. true. Um, That's what true. kind of car are you riding? If you go in a moped, you're just gonna get it almost for cheap. Probably two, three dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but if no, you, but if you show up in your Lexus or in your Mustang, good luck. That's true. But yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Oh my way. Do you still have that red Mustang? Yes, I do. I do. Oh. I actually uh, blow the engine off, the heating problems, oh, no. uh, a couple of months ago, and I oh. already fixed it. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I have my car again. <laughs> She's back up and running. I'll tell you what, and this is no joke. So I've never fancied myself as a Mustang fan or really a Ford fan in general. I'm more That's Chevy. Classic, though. I love Camaros. Same style, like same years in the, the late 60s style Camaros are just. But when I saw your Mustang, I was like, holy shit, I think I like Mustangs now. Like that oh. car, I took so many pictures of your car, Ram, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went back through my camera. I was looking at all the pictures that I had because I had to save them to a new hard drive. And yeah. I had 30 pictures of that damn, <laughs> that damn red Mustang. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's, yeah. so, it's like pristine shape too. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass to deal with old cars <laughs> on, on, on this country. And it's a pain in the ass having an old car all over right. the world. Right. But uh, the fact that any time a part is broken, I need to order it in the, in the U.S. and wait for it to arrive and pay taxes for it, like like uh, yeah. duties. Oh, uh, dude, it's, it's worth it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. an absolutely beautiful car. Okay, so I want to do this. Before we wrap up, I have a series of questions for you that I don't think I've ever asked you before. And they're super intimate. Yeah. Like, All right. Gonna, Should I take my real- shirt off? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Just to get in the mood? Well, you should yeah. probably light up some <laughs> candles. We'll, we'll rub our nipples a little bit. We'll really get this thing going. Um, no, they're they're not going to be that crazy. Um, what's your favorite style of cut for a cigar? My finger. Yeah, just flip the cap off. You did that oh, yeah. so much. You did that one hundred percent of the time when we were with you. You know what it is, Ram? Though I think it's like the experts in the cigar community did, all say that like the people like the traditional they're like, like dude flip that shit off with your thumb and i'm like really did kevin yeah. learn that from you he's doing like, that now kevin did it kevin did it because he, he before he used to be like oh i need i need my b-cup to try no, this no, no, car no. you know i watched i watched guy. him when we were in dr with you guys he was pulling off that cap with his index finger and thumb hmm. he's hey, getting dominicanized <laughs> By the way, do you remember the great debate when it came to pizza? Because I felt like the odd man out. We ordered pizza on the beach, and I said pineapple and ham and the whole thing. And everybody, including yourself, looked at me like I was fucking crazy that pineapple shouldn't be on pizza. And I think you got has the has the debate changed? Do you, are you still hard stance no pineapple on pizza? Let's just. Change the subject because I'm about to <laughs> hang up with you. I was actually talking about pineapple, like Hawaiian style pizza today. True story. Because there are, we have like a Dominican stew we call Sancocho, and mm-hmm. some people eat it with a banana inside. And that's, and it, I, I, I was eating that for lunch today. And what I say is like a person that do, the, do that can eat a pizza with pineapple. And <laughs> for sure. She was like, I love 
how I install pizza was like, you don't have, you have no soul. You're going to hell. You know, that should be illegal. You know, if I became president, that will be my first law. No pineapples on pizza. Bare pineapples on pizza. No. That should be, that should be part of your agenda in your running campaign. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> president, <laughs> president. Let's Ram make Rodriguez. pizza great again. <laughs> I will say this. So it's Friday night and this is no joke. If my wife wasn't going out with her friends tonight, we have a tradition on Friday nights. We make two style of pizza. One style pizza is with bacon and pineapple every Friday. Well, don't, don't hang up. Rams like, Fuck don't hang up. I have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Off that tangent, Ram, what is your favorite style or preferred method of lighting a cigar. So what kind of tool or utensil do you like to use lighting a cigar? You can't say magnifying glass. Try that. That's a good idea. Take well, it. I usually use a lighter because like a torch because of the convenience, but I really enjoy using cedar sticks. Like nice. I really like that little taste that it gives you when you're lighting up the cigar. Right. That traditional feel. I do I like cedar sticks. When they're available and some of the Better cigar lounges that I've been to will have some cedar sticks out. I usually default to that if it's available. But I'm, I'm with you. The convenience of a torch cannot be beat. Yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, the logo's rubbed off on it because. Oh, wow. That's an old one. <laughs> this, I swear, Rand, this is like one of the only ones I use. Single torch. Yeah. And this thing is just, it's like, it goes with me everywhere. Yeah. I love it. Um, if there's a cigar that you're smoking that you don't like, what do you do with it? Uh, I usually. Don't judge it by the first inch. Uh, I usually smoke it a little bit farther uh, to see how it develops. If after half of it, if it's not good, I just stop smoking it. It has to be a very bad cigar for me just to throw it out like on the first inch. Gotcha. And you mentioned earlier that you like when you travel around to try different stuff. So what's a cigar that you've been smoking recently, not El Artista, that you've really been enjoying? Oof. Uh, so, like, I'm a, I know it's a cliche, but I really like Bejiques, like, like the Cuban Bejique. That, that's a very good cigar. Sometimes, like last time I bought a box, uh, three of them had a very bad draw and a lot of burning issues. Uh, but this is a fantastic cigar. Right. Tastes great, but yeah, sometimes it's par for the course when it doesn't necessarily yeah. smoke all that great. So, minus the Dominican, you can't use this as your answer. What do you feel is the most underrated region for tobacco? Underrated. Costa Rica. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. So, what what is it about Costa Rica that they just produce great tobacco? People know it who have experienced it and who have had it. But there seems to be, someone was explaining to me that they, their, their thought was it's an economical thing, um, it's, and it's also a governmental thing. So what is it about Costa Rican tobacco that it seems like, hey, it's underrated, everyone knows it's good, but why isn't it more widely available? I'm pretty sure cost is the main reason why. A minimum wage in Costa Rica is way much higher than, than Honduras and Nicaragua. Um, I don't know a, a lot about the, the government rulings they, they have over there, but the, the price, I'm pretty sure, is, is one of the main reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. The soil is very similar to Nicaragua, their na- neighbor countries. Uh, but I think one of the best things they have is the, the fact that they don't grow a lot of tobacco. 
So they are isolated there. Um, there are not that many disease uh, on the on the fields. So you and um, the soil is virgin. So you have all this uh, natural and very old uh, minerals and micro micronutrients in in that soil that is just waiting for us to throw a couple of magical seeds. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, it's like. We've talked about this before, and it's weird because this is not the first time that that answer has come up. So I'm trying to trying to create a pattern and a theme um, out of asking these questions. And Costa Rican tobacco has come up numerous amounts of times. Um, in terms of tobacco, what do you believe is one of the most up and coming regions for tobacco? So you like here locally, or in, like a hundred percent? But I would actually be very interested and curious as far yeah. as the Dominican, but all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you can answer it in two ways. Okay, so here in the Dominican, uh, the southwest of the island, there's a lot of of free land over there, and we actually uh, two years ago we did some trials over there, and the quality of the tobacco that you can get from that area is so good. Uh, there are some problems in the region, and that's why we we we, we haven't jumped in a project uh, there. It, first, it's very far; like driving is like seven hours more or less, Ooh. and there are no no flights or anything like that. Uh, there's a lot of water water problems. There's not a like a good source of of water for for the lands uh, that you can get on on that area, and there's not a lot of tobacco culture. So so you basically need to get the land and bring people from right. this part of the island in order to, to grow the tobacco. So it's like, yeah. you essentially have to build the infrastructure. Yeah. You have to build the infrastructure around it, but isn't that, wouldn't that, wouldn't that essentially be the same of what's happened through cigars history anyway, right? There's, there's uh, the idea is like at one time, none of those regions were ever growing tobacco. And at some point someone had laid claim to those lands, started growing tobacco. So you, do you think there's some viability in doing that in that particular region long-term? I think so. I think so. Yes. Uh, right now we be so we've been so focused in uh, in some uh, wrapper products like uh, something to replace broadleaf, which is a very hard to get tobacco right now. Right. And we are just focusing all of our energy on that. But I definitely think uh, it's a project that can work in in the future. You just need a lot of time in order to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So last question for you. What do you want people to know, our particular audience, what do you want them to know about El Artista? What separates you guys? What makes you unique? Why people should smoke and try your cigars? Why they should be shouting from the rooftops? Give me the Cimarron, Colorado. <laughs> well, what, 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 makes you guys, what makes you guys special in terms of, of, of what you believe and what you think creates a connection to the consumer? Uh, the fact that uh, we are a, a real and authentic company, uh, we always try to uh, work with our products and grow in a very organic way and uh, let people enjoy uh, the, the cigars we make with a lot of passion and from a company that uh, has been out there since 1956 and is a really family-owned operations uh, where a lot of my family members work in the factory and with, with a lot of passion and, and uh, really we all enjoy what we do. And, uh, I 
consider we are one of the most authentic companies uh, out there. Uh, we don't push it. Uh, we don't uh, try to be something that we're not. Uh, we have a very strong roots in, in this island, and we try to expose that as much as we can. And also the fact that we are a vertically integrated company that handles everything from the seed to the distribution, I think it's something that makes us really special. I agree. I would agree with that. Agree. It's, it's weird because like part of it is, you know, you can say that to, to us, right? And then we look at it and we interpret what you're saying and saying, okay, that's awesome. But there's, there's the reality around it. And the reality is, is that Chris and I both have uniquely been able to experience that with you and your family and your operation. And it is, it's amazing. Like it's crazy to see the kind of production and everything that goes into what you guys do from growing the tobacco to sorting the tobacco to rolling the tobacco. I mean, even in terms of all the aging process, I remember going into the one facility and seeing all the pilones of cigars and even the way that you guys have everything layered together, right? Uniquely, this like this, it's a very special thing. I have tons of pictures of it. And I reflect on that quite often, actually. It's very cool. Yeah. It's, it's super unique. So it's, it's, it's one thing to say it. It's a whole nother thing to experience. It. And it's like, I can say as a third party and Chris can say as a third party, it's like everything you're saying is 100% true. We've, we've seen it. We've experienced it. We've been through it. And it's, a, it's absolutely amazing. And it's weird too, because it's like, we lost our virginity in that process. And I feel like any other sort of uh, tobacco sexual experience that we could have with someone else is just going to flounder. It's not going to be as good. It's not gonna be I feel like I may be disappointed. It's not going to be the same as the first time. No, it's, never, it's never like the first time. It's never like the first time. The weird thing is, is that lasted a week. My first time in sexual experience lasted about 30 seconds. So that's... <laughs> um, yeah, about that. We still have that bail, that tobacco bail. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, we have... Yeah. Poke, poke a hole in it. Uh, <laughs> Ram, I greatly appreciate you being on it. I swear to God, it's like... I, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to talk with you. And it has been every single time we've gotten a chance to talk and we know you're busy as shit. And that's, and especially during this time. So the fact that you even have taken any sort of small amount of nominal time to talk to us is, is absolutely, you know, it's a pleasure on our part. It's an honor to, to be able to talk with you again. It's literally one of my, my favorite discussions that I can have is, is with you and, and talking about the operation and talking about the family and, and all of it, it's it's just great. Yeah, ditto. yeah. Thank you guys for having me in again. Uh, I'm, I feel very happy to be here, and uh, I'm always checking up on you guys and uh, how the, the your podcast is been evolving. And uh, uh, congratulations for real, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, continue doing these random posts every now and then that are kind of silly and funny at the same time. Does and and thank you, thank you very much, guys. You got it, my man. Hey, yeah. have a wonderful weekend and uh, enjoy your wonderful time in the DR in your new facility. I'm jealous. I want to come. <laughs> well, you guys are more more than welcome anytime. And yes, till next time. Absolutely. Yes. See you, buddy. See you. Bye <laughs> bye. Hey, hey. That's weird because we're next to each other. Yeah. But how wonderful was that? It's great. That was great. Great interview again with Ram Rodriguez from El Artista. Uh, a friend of ours, someone that we've gotten to know pretty closely over a long period of time. 
certainly one of my favorite operations, favorite factories. Um, they just do some really, really cool stuff. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, asking that closing question, um, I, I, and we talked about it before, it's like everybody talks about the great tobacco that they grow, right? Here's what I do and here's what, here's what I get my hands on and so on and so forth. Um, and I think sometimes uh, Ram is very humble in terms of talking about those things. So For when sure. he talks about like the connectedness to um, who they are as an organization, what they've represented since 1956 is things that you certainly want to attach yourselves to um, as a manufacturer. But in addition to that, they grow some absolutely amazing tobacco in the DR. And it's weird. It's like, I always tell people, if you have the chance, like a lot of people who listen to our podcast are, are likely never going to go down to the Dominican and tour factories. Um, but in the off chance that you do, and it's something that you're interested in doing, you have to make the LRT factory a stop. Because when you get a chance to see the production, literally from the very inception, you know, putting the seeds out into the soil, the whole grow operation, the sorting facility, all of it, they literally do it from very beginning to very end. There's not a lot of operations really that take control of that process to that degree anymore. Um, all the brands represented in the industry, if you think about how many they are, there actually are, uh, so few of that number actually control that process from beginning to end. They're one of the few operations that still does it. So it's really cool to talk to him and, get, and always get a better understanding. It seems like every time we talk to him, I learn something new. Um, so it's really cool to see that. And um, of course, you know, check out their product, especially Buffalo 10, if you're looking for that delicious, you know, $5 valued cigar. Um, absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, the Cimarron and the Big Poppy being staples in their lineup, um, which are pretty accessible in the U.S., I'd say definitely try to get your hands on them. They're, they're absolutely great. Yeah, for sure. I really don't have anything to say, man. I just feel, I feel fulfilled. I feel sweaty. I'm definitely sweaty. Definitely sweaty. Um, but we always greatly appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. And of course, this will be on video on YouTube. So we did something a little bit different. Obviously, we've done something uh, in terms of June, which is great. Or sorry, did I say June? It is I meant, June. I meant it is June. I meant Zoom. They Zoom, rhyme. yeah. Um, so we did this in a Zoom format, which will, of course, be available on YouTube. I thought it'd be cool just to do something video so you guys can actually see Ram. Um, I would say uh, he's probably, you know, we we know what that booth looks like and we know what uh john huber looks like and some of the other folks that uh, we've had on the podcast over a period of time um they're more well represented in the u.s because it's where they live or uh, ram not so much so i think it was good for everybody to kind of see him and to hear him and it's it's just cool to see the visual representation so that's why we decided to do this one on zoom um which of course if you're watching this now you're watching it on youtube um please check out my cigar pack that's our show sponsor their pack for June is inclusive of you get a little hot ticket sticker, um, as well as just an amazing few packs that he's tethered together. And he's already given me a glimpse again into packs that are going to be coming out here in the near future. So they're good stuff. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you what's in them because then I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but certainly you can check them out at mycigarpack.com and you can use promo code HOT10 at checkout for 10% off. Sorry, $10 off your first pack. And then make sure you check out our website, www.hotticketweekly.com. Chris just released a review. Um, I forget what it was. It's the Hoyu and AJ. Yeah, the, the, the AJ. AJ from Mandas. The one, the all... Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't even know what it's called. It's got a weird, weird it, Spanish name. It stands for friendship in Spanish. Which is great, because that's what it's all about. But can I say this, Corey? Yeah. Your cigar is not that bad. My cigar was not bad. So for, for a lot of people knew that I blended this cigar um, years ago and that I produced it with my own crippled hands. Look at my like look my at my own hobbit hands. I've literally smoked this to nothing. It smoked. It burned evenly, no touch-ups. So in terms of construction and burn, I would have given it perfect scores. And that isn't really even being biased towards the cigar. My fingers. It legitimately burned that good. Now, I do feel that the flavor of Chris's was better than mine, but I did like mine. I thought it was a really good cigar. But in terms of like quality and construction, although it looked like a Frankenstein, it burnt so freaking well and even throughout the cigar. So the components of which I used, I'm very proud of in terms of those two things. Um, flavor of yours to me, in my opinion, was better. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was solid. It was it was kind of a it was kind of a medium bodied cigar, you know. Yeah. Um, it had some strong bitterness. It did. It was it, it did have that bitterness that I actually really enjoy, but I felt like there wasn't uh, the kind of dynamic change ups that I really enjoy in most cigars. Um, it was very linear. It was a good linear flavor, but it wasn't. Um, I was hoping to have a little bit more of a roller coaster ride. Well, Corey, we only had so much tobacco to work with. Right, only compliments so much of LRT's factories. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid cigar, bro. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. And I've got. Guess what? I have more. I, I have eight left. One. I have eight left, and I'll be smoking them. I was actually thinking about uh, maybe auctioning them off to people. So I had this idea, crazy idea in my head, and I don't know how far I can take this idea um, because, you know, in terms of how well they are and how they smoke, I think some people would probably uh, do, do some bidding on the cigars. Start the bidding at $100. But what, $100. what I was thinking was maybe taking uh, five or six of them, auctioning them off, and then donating uh, the proceeds to um, a charity, you know, a sponsored charity that we decide. Um, wouldn't be that much, but I think it would be something cool to do. So... Um, anyway, until next time, this was episode 155, which is awesome. Chugging right along. Um, we've got more interviews lined up. We have one next week. I think we have one the week after, and then we've got another review. And then I think we have two preceding interviews after that. Um, and like two more that I'm going to be lining up, just closing some dates on after that. So we're well into August in terms of, um, uh, what we're doing with the podcast. So stay tuned for all that stuff. And again, check out our website, www hotticketweekly.com. Until next time, this is episode 155. We'll see you next week. See everyone. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the hot ticket pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at hot ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up The Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube, and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you could. And check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack, at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.